Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about allergies. Uh, could you please tell me about allergies uh, from the spiritual point of view? Sure. Um, allergies from the spiritual point of view are actually quite simple. They are a human defense mechanism um, that humans have developed or some generations of humans, so family lineages have developed or sometimes individual humans develop within the lineage to protect themselves or seemingly keep them safe, safe, themselves safe from something that they perceive as a threat in the outside world. Um, the threats are generally either you know imaginary and they're not quite real, so hardly ever is there something that's truly threatening. Um, so very much we could say that an allergy is a mental and emotional disease of sorts and it's not quite real so an allergy is something that can be formed you know pretty much at any point in somebody's life from very early childhood uh, there are a lot of energy uh, allergies that are created uh, in adulthood as well and then there are some allergies that are inherited however when I say inherited so the trigger, uh, such as an external circumstance or thing or object that creates the allergy in the first place and the one that is making this ancestral line, for instance, women in a particular ancestral line or men in a particular ancestral line feel unsafe. You know, So that trigger could be different, but the emotion that it causes within the human is the same, right? So for instance, Within a particular ancestral um, line, you know, a mother could be allergic to gluten and a daughter could be allergic to the sun, but the trigger could be the same. So basically what happens on the inside, right, is, or rather the anatomy of, of an allergy, which is really makes the understanding of the subject quite simple, is something enters a human body right generally it is either you know a food or something that you inhale that that would be like the most common way that somebody would get an allergy but of course not the only way um, um, and then basically your body perceives that as a threat or an allergen right so what it's trying to do is it's trying to a form a protective cover around it and then pretty much expel it from your body as fast as is possible. That's why very often within, you know, the symptoms, allergic symbol, symptoms are somebody having, you know, runny nose or just feel, feeling very stuffy or, you know, some people start crying and get itchy eyes. Um, some people actually, you know, depending on how bad allergies get, some people uh, could start throwing up, especially if you're allergic to a particular food. Um, you know, it could be things like diarrhea or throwing up, which is all of it is really expelling something that's unwanted or unsafe outside of your body. Now, there are as many allergies as there are people that hmm. develop them, right? There are some pretty common ones that you see a lot on the face of this planet um, but a lot of them are really triggers for something else that has happened so we could explore what could be interesting to explore is an example of a formation or for formative period for an allergy 
Um, in this particular example, I'm going to take you into somebody's childhood. Say there is a girl, and the girl is really, um, say the girl lives in a household, right? And, and she hears her parents quarrel a lot, right? They fight. They have fights in the kitchen and, you know, um, and say that generally they have fights in the morning when she's eating her porridge, when she's eating her, you know, oatmeal, what have you, right? Um, so whatever, she's eating some type of product, right? And she's eating that consistently in the morning. And say in the morning, her parents have a fight because dad is leaving for work, for instance, and mom is not happy about it or something along those lines because like say dad is distant, right? So children, because they're very, very impressionable, anytime there's something off-putting about their little world, for them, it you know, their parents are the whole world, right? So it's very, a lot of our trauma humans uh, actually create in, in childhoods. So, you know, this child in this particular moment in time would be perceiving the fight that their parents are having as this bigger than life type of traumatic moment that they want to escape from but they can't because they're, because they're sitting in their little you know stool and eating their breakfast and they're not you know allowed to escape their body at that point in time so what they perceive you know as traumatic is the fight that their parents are having but at the same time as basically what's happening with their body is at the time they are consuming a particular food now, whatever that food is, you know, a child is very likely to develop an allergy too within very traumatic circumstances. So the prerequisite for somebody forming an allergy in childhood would be whatever is happening, the child needs to perceive this as very traumatic and as very dangerous to themselves, something that is very, very, very uncomfortable. Otherwise, you know, there is no threat. Now, the body you know, is trying to, as a, as a protector, you know, it's trying to prevent, well, first it's trying to understand what, what's really happening, right? Uh, and what it's understanding is, well, there is, you know, this reaction, you know, there's a strong emotion in a human and the, this emotion has a lot of pain, right? So there's a lot of pain within this human. At the same time, there is porridge in the belly, so what your body is going to make a mental note of or like within store within its memories is the fact that to avoid this trauma you have to avoid porridge whatever else this this little person is consuming right because it's trying to pretty much at all costs avoid having this trauma in the future so it will try to avoid pretty much anything that you know it notices is correlated to that experience or that feeling right now of course your body cannot control whether your parents are going to have an argument or not but your body can certainly control some of the things that are you know some of its internal processes so what would end up happening is in this particular instance you know the girl would just be eating its you know her porridge and it will all be okay if she never consumes porridge for the rest of her life, you know, uh, she would might never even find out that she just developed an allergy. Um, if she keeps on doing that next morning, you know, unbeknownst to her, all of a sudden her body is already equating that product, that porridge that mom gave her with a feeling of intense trauma. So her body as a memory, right? Like by the virtue of her consuming this porridge, is going back to that event that is completely unpleasant when that child developed the trauma, right? So right now the body starts perceiving this, oh my God, this is the bell, you know, the bells are ringing. The next thing we're gonna get is this emotion. You know, then she's gonna start freaking out again, right? So the body is going to try to develop an allergic reaction, or rather what it's gonna try to do is it will develop an allergic reaction and symptoms Right? Because it's kind of the only way that it knows how to prevent this drama from happening again. And so this girl could either throw up from this porridge or, you know, her skin might go red, like get, get red and or like, you know, all kinds of things could happen just from, from this one, um, you know, from her ingesting of food. So this is just one example. Now, of course, 
people get allergic to all kinds of things. People get allergic to pollen, right? So that is probably, or generally, it's some type of trauma that developed either in them or actually alongside their ancestry line during the times. So it's, it's probably some trauma that was connected with the outdoors in a particular season and time, right? Such as spring, when all the trees are in bloom, right? It's actually just a coincidence. So very often, right? Although a, like pollen is really not dangerous to human beings. If it was, 100% of the population would be quote unquote allergic to pollen, but they're not, right? So, and, and that's the big mystery of allergies. Nobody really knows what, what, you know, what causes certain allergies and, and why certain very, very innocent products could cause allergies in people. Hmm. Same with dust, for example, right? Absolutely. Dust is uh, a little bit of the opposite. That, um, you know, if pollen is trauma that happened outside, dust is tra uh, trauma that happened indoors, right? Hmm. So again, search your family, search your... W whatever happened indoors. You know, it doesn't have to be family. Maybe you had some a friend over and something happened, right? Mm -hmm. Got it. And uh, where does it leave after it? Uh, has been formed well it doesn't really so the thing is over time uh, it actually a, a lot of allergies tend to get worse uh, because it's it's like the person is a little bit in denial if they can keep consuming this this product or thing that they're allergic to it's kind of like imagine inducing um, it's like in, inducing the stress within your own body So like you know your body's gonna react in, in a certain way and you just keep going. It's like um you know, a, a lot of allergies tend to get worse over time and not better. Um, especially if medicated. Because actually when you medicate, um basically most of your allergy medicines, they're really what they're doing is they're suppressing um you know, the chemicals in your body that would create this protective coat around an allergen, right? So seemingly, right, your aller allergy medicine is helping you because, you know, hey, I'm exposed to pollen, but my eyes are not watery, my, my rose is not runny, and I'm not feeling like I'm gonna not be able to breathe. I'm not, you know, um, I'm, I'm not feeling restricted in the chest area. So to a human, it feels like, oh my God, it's amazing. To your body, it's awful because instead of protecting yourself from those allergens that are inside of your body you're you're just like oh you know <laughs> what's not being uh, created now is it's this protective film right and what's not going to happen is the process of elimination of that hmm. right because your body is it's like false pretending everything is cool but my house is actually on fire and so it's that's why and it's it's like it's part of the reason why our allergies get worse over time and not better is because you instead of eliminating the allergens you, you keep them inside of your body so you know they become a lot more concentrated as time goes by so actually the one thing that we wouldn't recommend is taking an allergy medicine because it is like a very very false cure hmm. that's very interesting because um For example, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but like, for example, in the US, every time you have a runny nose uh, or, or like some kind of symptoms of bad cold, uh, doctors uh, tell you that it's an allergy. But for example, in Russia, uh, they treat it as a, as a disease. Yeah, and they, I mean, I see what you mean, and, and, the, the, and the, the answer is neither of them is truly right. Like, it's really case-by-case case basis. Uh, it's just one culture has a bias towards, you know, diagnosing everything as an allergy, and the other culture has a bias diagnosing everything as a respiratory disease. Neither one is truly right, and all the causes are emotional anyway. Mm, got it. And uh, has it always been like that? Well, do you mean have the allergies always been there yeah there and so maybe like severe because it seems like everybody has allergies now 
Yeah, there's a lot more trauma that's, you know, I, I guess the, the speed at which human trauma is transpiring or happening is accelerated. So not only that, but all these sophisticated allergy medicines are making it so much worse, right? So you kind of have two different factors moving in parallel, right? So A, it is a society where things are rapidly, rapidly changing. There's a lot of information. We're moving to a technocratic world. You know, the media is not helping. So first, what you need to understand, let's, let's go back to that concept of like, what is an allergy, right? And an allergy is something that protects you from you know, the world or the outside circumstances that you perceive to be threatening or dangerous for you, right? So if we had a society where every human felt safe 100% of the time, allergies wouldn't exist because people wouldn't have to protect themselves from, from, from the world. The media, like I said, is not helping. Right now, if I look at the collective consciousness of humanity, it is a society that is pretty much spending its life on its toes because it's always expecting something bad to happen. They don't trust the government. They don't trust their own families. They don't trust themselves. There's a lot of fear, right? So in general, you're living in a society in a world where it's not perceived as safe. It's not perceived as you're okay and you're fine and you're going to be taken care of. Like it's perceived as a fight and a survival type of world. So when you have that as a byproduct of that, human beings are going to want to create layers between themselves and this world. And it happens through multiple different ways. Obesity is one way to create an additional layer between your core, your center, and the outside circumstance that's perceived as threatening. Allergy is another way of doing the same exact thing. Both at this current state of humanity are more prevalent than ever before in the history of humanity. Both obesity and allergy. Mm. And now of course with allergies, like I said, because they're also being treated in a certain way by suppressing everything that's meant to work through this allergen, just get rid of it, right? All of a sudden you're keeping that inside and so it's like, a vicious circle. It's really, really hard to get out. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting because uh, it seems like we, uh, for example, live in the U.S. and uh, you should feel your say yourself safe, right? Because that's the safest place to be in the world. And then you have all these allergies. I mean. Define safe, right? Um, I think it's actually, it's, I think by comparison, when a lot of immigrants come to the US, they're like, oh yeah, it actually feels a lot safer here. But as you start understanding the very unique peculiarities of the American society, it is one of the least safe societies in the world. Because what's, you know, like all, there's a lot of falsehoods, like the democracy is false, justice is false, equality is false. You know, just look at what's happening right now with racism. America is one of the most racist countries in the world. Now, despite having ideals of equality and you know freedom of speech and all of those good things, that is not necessarily what's happening day to day. This is the country that had slavery, I'll remind you, not too long ago, right? Mm. So inherently, you know, maybe, you know, what you're comparing it to is like, well, you know, it's 10 p.m., I'm outside, and I don't feel like I'm going to get shot. By the way, you know, if we're talking New York City, that was not the case 20, 30 years ago. You could have been shot in the middle of Times Square. And, you know, there are, there are a lot, like, the city still holds that collective memory, right? Hmm. So when you say it feels safe, I mean, define safe, right? Yes. Safe can mean so many different things. 
Safety could also mean like, do I feel like um, it's safe for me to express who I am or do I feel like I need to wear a mask? Do I feel like it's safe for me to pursue the career that I want or what about the American dream? The American dream is actually making people, which is like, hey, go make the big dollars, right? It's making a lot of people who don't perceive that to be ideal very, very unsafe and insecure about their life choices or the life choices they wish they could make. You know, all these painters that are becoming doctors, all these writers that are becoming policemen. Lawyers. Lawyers. You know, very, very unsafe. It's very unsafe to be you, actually, in America. I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, and uh, I was um, like reading some research um, about allergies, and um, it says that children somehow overgrow the allergies and then they come back after like 30s. Uh, is there a reason why this happens? So, if you're able to work through the trauma, right? Yeah. In general, and it's not just children, you can get rid of an allergy, whether you're a child or, you know, any allergy that you have right now, it is something that is completely self-induced, right? It is your body sending a signal to your body to attack a particular thing that is actually not poisonous or dangerous to humans as a species, right? Yeah. So in the same way that you originally subconsciously perhaps created this chain of events that is making you perceive certain things as a threat, as a threat, you can unwind that same thing and go back to square zero, right? So a lot of allergies kind of seem to be disappearing into nothingness, right? It is only because science is not fully understanding what allergies are, or should I say at all, doesn't have an understanding of what allergies are. And so very often when they come or they go, it's a big mystery. But what you, you would be able to see is that this little human that developed uh, a particular allergy, um, you know, that experienced trauma, probably did some work, right? And somehow found a way to cope with that trauma or heal that trauma to a certain extent, right? So... You know, they might be able to, and, and like basically there is a complete correlation and then the allergy disappears as a byproduct of that. Now, of course, when they disappear, uh, when they appear back, right, which is what, what you've uh, discussed uh, or what you mentioned just now, human beings tend to be um, a vibrational match to things that happen to them. If you don't heal something all the way, what very often happens is a repeat of the same scenario under a different sauce. So very often when you don't heal that all the way, by the way, not all allergies that disappear later return, but the ones that do is generally from then healed trauma that just comes back. Or for instance, say your issue is abandonment, right? Say your father left you as a child or left your mother as a child. I'll give you a quick example. And, you know, and say that as your dad was leaving, you know, you somehow associated him leaving with your house cat because your house cat was there. And when he, you know, just like banged that door and left, your house cat was the one thing that you remember. So you start getting allergic to, 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 to cat fur, right? Then you work through, you know, your abandonment issues. Maybe you have some psychotherapy things or like maybe all of a sudden, or maybe your mom finds a new uh, stepdad and like he's really, really good to you. Whatever happens, but that trauma becomes less pronounced. All of a sudden you feel like your cat allergy is no longer there. And then, you know, what ends up happening is you get married and your husband leaves you. And all of a sudden you're back to square zero with the same abandonment issue 20 years later. And you're like, whoa, why am I allergic to the same thing? Is because that same trauma triggers the same memory. So the cat might not have not been in the picture this time around, 
But your body already remembers, whoa, the feeling of abandonment means cats are dangerous. All of a sudden, you're having this reaction to a cat. Did the cat do anything? Absolutely nothing. Did that trigger the same emotion, the same trauma in you? Absolutely it did. All I'm saying is human beings, you know, our trauma, when you are a vibrational match to trauma as a child, A, these things run in in, in generations. B, these things, some very traumatic things, are really, really hard to heal over time. And you might not, you know, you might be in remission, right? Remission doesn't mean that you're completely healed. It just means that you're in, you know, your allergy is in, in a dormant state. And then something triggers it again and you're back to square zero. Got it. And um, just uh, quickly wanted to talk about the inherited uh, allergies. How, how do people inherit allergies? Like you are a child and you're like, I don't know, two years old and you already have an allergy. Yeah, so that is generally some strong emotion or thought pattern, but mostly like an emotion that's stuck in um, the emotional body, right? That you've just inherited from your parents, your ancestors. And, you know, if that thing gets triggered or unpacked, you know, you're, you're going to be very prone to allergies. So it's pretty much just trauma and it could be your own trauma or it could be ancestral trauma. Hmm. I see. I'll give you a quick example. Say, um, a particular woman is say there is a lineage and in that lineage um, in that lineage there is an issue with how a daughter or a woman perceives her dad say there is like a lineage with abuse issues right with dads are you know abusive or you know harsh or just don't make you feel loved etc etc And say, you know, within a particular traumatic incident, one girl develops this aversion to her dad or a deep, deep, deep fear of her dad. And that, for instance, can get stuck in her emotional body, right? Now, this woman, for example, what she could develop is all kinds of things to be able to protect herself as a coping mechanism. She could actually become overweight that's one way that she could protect herself from her dad because if she's scared she's going to be like okay i need additional layers to protect me from this thing that i'm living in the same apartment or house with or she could develop a certain allergy to a product that she associates with her dad now going back to inheritance this woman that has a daughter and the emotional imprint that she passes on to her daughter is your father is not safe, right? That's like an emotional slash mental imprint or like your, your father is dangerous. So, you know, there's a lot of fear associated with your father. So this is an example of a thought pattern, right? That could have caused an allergy within a mother if she associated her dad with a particular product or, you know, just, you know, uh, basically in her mom, it could have developed into a disease also like a lot of there are a lot of different options that trauma can create and then in a daughter for instance it manifests as an allergy to sun or sunlight and the reason it manifests as an allergy to sun is because sun is your proverbial symbol of masculinity and the the father figure in your life right so all of a sudden this one girl might not even have a bad father but she develops like rashes and you know, her skin is very itchy and it's peeling every time she's in the sun for over 15 minutes. And the reason being is it's not even her issue. It's something that her mom felt so strong that it became part of her mother's emotional body imprint that she passed on to her daughter. Hmm. No, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, thank you. And... Um... Talking about food allergies, for some reason, um, some of them are more, let's say, popular than others, yes. right? Yes. Is there a reason? Because, for example, again, I was doing the research, and mm-hmm. for example, shellfish is the most common food allergen in the U.S., and like 7 million people 
are affected like with this particular food and then like milk for example and uh, peanuts are the second ones and is there like a connection between a specific food and some kind of emotion that you can just trace back so a lot of the shellfish let's leave shellfish for a second um because that's a little bit different um yeah and there's definitely an emotion uh, shellfish is different not and we can dive into that the other ones are a little bit more similar so milk and eggs and nuts are things that a lot of children consume and a lot of your trauma is actually built in childhood so very often they would associate those things that you can like again milk like very few adults are actually attached to milk that is very very much like a child thing to do and of course eggs are eaten just right across generations but you know a lot of these are children's foods also if you look at nuts peanut butter and jelly sandwich is like one of the most common foods in the u.s for children that's like a thing that they eat right um especially when you know it's like a it's also like a very very quick thing peanut butter jelly sandwich and like a glass of milk is something that is very quick to throw together so like a lot of like lower income families or like you know parents that don't necessarily have time to prep like a real meal are going to give their children same thing with eggs it's like actually a very very quick fix right yep um with eggs it's also there's a secondary reason you know eggs are actually not good for you and neither is milk for that matter right so there are certain things that your body could feel allergic to or repel just because it's not really good for your body and if you happen to be a little bit more sensitive right certain things are truly kind of like a little bit more poisonous than others certain foods are right and so your body could develop that type of aversion to to those types of products so depending on the on the human it's either trauma that happened in childhood and you were just around those products or your body's just naturally susceptible to, to all kinds of toxins and then truly it would like the reaction is still the same and the body is, is, is in need of getting rid of the toxin mm-hmm. shellfish is actually really really weird shellfish and there's like no i can look i can look this up because i i have access to the emotional spiritual plane it's not very common sense like it's really really hard to trace so shellfish and in general everything that has to do with water creatures fish you know oysters lobsters anything that lives in the water that is you know that people eat these days actually is so it's a little bit more of a symbolic allergy than it is a factual allergy so everything that lives in the water actually has to do with the flow of information for humans right so when people are allergic to shellfish they're actually scared of the informational field of this planet and seeing the world for how it truly is so generally people who are allergic to shellfish are people who are not able to intake all the negativity from the media so and again like it's a little bit of a very like not a very easy connection to draw but because water you know and like these these things are living in the water water is the one thing that transmits information very very easily you know pretty much all the fishes in the ocean are getting the same type of information about the state of that ocean 
It's just a much more dense structure as opposed to air. So basically what happens is on a more symbolic level, those people that don't do well with negative news, you know, and pretty much 100% of news is negative, right? Or any kinds of like, you know, like media and informational threats, they would develop an allergy to shellfish. They just cannot stomach it. They cannot stomach bad information. So that would give them like a... Is there a reason why it's connected to shellfish specifically? Because how well, because is it, it formed? Well, because it, li- it, it like lives in the water. Um. And the water is like your symbol. Like the water is the symbol for information. Like the flow of information. Yeah. So that is how it's connected. I've, because this like uh, organism lives in, in, in the water. I've heard that some people even have water allergies. Yes, so water allergies uh, is the same thing like people have. The people who have trauma around their dads have are allergic to the sun. People that have traumas around their moms are allergic to the water. Mm, got it. So like water has, you know, 10,000, like a laundry list of 10,000 things that it's symbolic of. In, in this particular case, like we're going to have to peel off the layers and look like reason by reason. Got it. And yeah. uh, looking at... The, the, there are a couple of other strong, oh, like big allergens as soy and the wheat and gluten. Wheat and gluten are uh, family-related traumas. Uh, in general, everything that's bread, pasta, pizza, which is all of that gluten stuff, is something that you cannot stomach uh, from how you're either like family either treated you or how your family behaved around you there's something that's like really really you have an aversion or like just a massive misunderstanding and rejection off so that's your wheat and and that's your gluten um and by the way unfortunately we're going to see more and more of that in the coming years because a lot of family trauma is now starting to bubble to the surface. It's actually one of the new endeavors of humanity is to start healing family trauma so that humanity can go back into the tribe all healed. So when something like that happens on the societal level, what you'll see is short term, a lot more trauma come up around family. Just a lot more. Um, that's why you also have generations you know, like the boomers and the millennials and millennials and the Gen Zs that are really so much at odds with one another and how they perceive the universe more so than ever before. Because that is the one way that those things can bubble to the surface really, really quickly and hopefully work themselves out. But like short term, you're going to see a lot more gluten intolerance in this society than ever in the history of humanity. Soy... is interesting a hundred percent of soy is gmo and some bodies you know especially children that are going to be coming are coming so light that their bodies are not you know they're going to reject a lot of gmo products um you know corn is right in that same bucket pretty much a hundred percent of soy and uh, corn on this planet are gmo right now and again like with younger children you know if they're they have certain sensitivities they're going to get they're going to develop that just because it's a genetically modified organism so something that's genetically modified by some bodies and again not all because human beings are super adaptable but it's like instead of having food imagine like swallowing like a bowl of plastic like to your body sometimes GMO foods feel like okay why am I just why am I consuming plastic you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel real. It feels very artificial. When something feels artificial, you know, your body tends to want to protect yourself from that. Mm. You know, that's certainly like some of the big reasons around soy. But then unfortunately, soy is in everything. Right? Um in all processed foods. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like it's added to so many different products. That's why you know, like you could have developed a trauma when you were eating a can of soup. All of a sudden, you have a soy allergy. So, like 
unfortunately, like not, there's no one answer. That's why I said, I started, we started our session by me saying there are as many reasons for allergies as there are people. Oh, I see what you mean. And uh, what would be uh, um, like the main reasons? As I understand, the first one is emotional, right? The second one is like GMO kind of. Um... Well, so either it is a perceived threat yeah. or it's a real threat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And GMO is perceived as a real threat because over time, like GMO is really not healthy for your body. It actually you know, switches off certain things that are working properly and would block certain energies and certain organs in your body over time if you consumed a lot of it. So your body knows it. Got it. Right? And then there are some things that, you know, are not really harmful, but you just associate them with a negative emotion or trauma. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, how would a person start healing an allergy? This is not an easy question to answer because unfortunately the level of awareness of humanity is very, very low on this planet. So they would never be able to understand their shellfish allergy happens from the fact that they are done with hearing bad news on TV. It's just not something that like the level of awareness of humanity. You know, there are some things that could, quote-unquote, ease your allergies, right? But in general, doing any type of healing work, right, would help. Generally, when you start, you know, allergy is not small trauma, it's big trauma, right? It's not like, for instance, when you start the healing, you have 20 things on your agenda, and allergy is going to be caused by thing number, like, 19, Generally, if you know that you have trauma around your dad, for instance, or you have trauma around sexuality because you were abused, or you have a trauma around being abandoned or what have you, right? Very often, you know, allergies would form within within one of your top three traumas. So I would start there. Um, unfortunately, it's very hard for me to give you like a step-by-step process so that everybody can get healed because allergies are actually really, really, really simple to heal if you only knew what your particular reason was. And that is where I get stuck. Unless everybody can get guidance on what is their particular issue, it's really hard for them to heal in and of themselves. But truly, the easiest place to start is your biggest traumas, right? And like really, and there are, there are just so many tools out there around how to heal trauma from like psychotherapy to, you know, meditation to psychedelic uh, substances. There, there are, there's a wealth, right? And even the intention of healing the trauma, something as simple as writing out all of your feelings and putting all of your feelings on paper and understanding how irrational your triggers are around a particular trauma would eventually heal the trauma over time, right? You're going to have to have an intention to heal it. And then, you know, the allergy is like a byproduct of trauma. When the trauma is gone, the allergy is gone. Now for the allergies that are, you know, something that your body is not meant to have, you're not meant to cure these allergies. Like for something, if your body does not want to accept GMO foods or like particular like GMO soy, it's actually a really, really bad idea to try to mold it and like convince it and force it into taking that. Because they're, you know, different, different human beings have different digestive, digestion capabilities and systems. Like, yes, we're all similar, but we're also slightly different. You know, some ancestry lines are not able to digest uh, GMO products as well as other ancestry lines. So for them, longer term, that would mean being barren, not being able to continue the ancestry line. So for them to try to heal their soy intolerance would actually mean the eradication and death of their family tree. I would never recommend that. However, 
However, you can never go wrong with healing trauma. Never. You can only be better off. And uh, what is the key to healing the trauma? Uh, is it like acknowledgement that there is trauma? It's the willingness to go into that moment that caused trauma in the first place instead of avoiding it. It's bringing the trauma from the subconscious into conscious. And the knowledge that uh, there was a trauma. Yes. And studying what are the things that you felt and what are the things that you decided in the moment and acknowledging how limiting that was and how it does not really define you. And what exactly triggers the healing mechanism like once you find the trauma? It depends on the trauma. Mm. I see. Can you give maybe an example? Like what would be the trigger for healing as soon as you identify the trauma? Well, for somebody who experienced trauma because they thought there was something wrong with themselves, the first step is a decision for them to love themselves. So if a girl decided that dad left mom because she was too outspoken, all of a sudden she's like, oh, I'm too outspoken. There's something wrong with me. Da-da-da. All of a sudden there's a crack. And then there is, you know, the girl that was outspoken before, there's a split, right? Split personality. Yeah. Split in her consciousness. So she would need to heal that with love for herself. For the part of her that's outspoken. For who she is. So the just the decision to go back to that moment in time and 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 be like, okay, no, actually, it, he didn't leave because of me. I was okay in that moment. All of a sudden, you see the light shining in the crack that was created and it's being sealed. Yeah. Because generally, when we when we make a certain decision within the traumatic moment, it's not the only decision that sh- could have been made, but it is the decision that very often guides our entire life and how our paths unfold. And so there is a like an inherent danger in that decision, right? Yeah. Because it defines your future, and very often not in a very positive light. So love for yourself or another or forgiveness of that generally is where love where healing starts let's okay what is trauma trauma is a very big emotional dramatic event so it lives in your emotional body A. B, it most likely impacts some version of your heart or your... So basically, there is trauma and there is trauma. But like a lot of trauma is going to impact your heart center, right? If it's trauma that has, you know, anything to do with your family or, you know... So that needs to be healed from the heart. It impacts your yellow center if it shakes your idea of who you are and takes away your power and control. It impacts your orange center, right? If it is sexual abuse, for instance, or something that puts a damper on your creativity. It damages the red center if it is something around security or sustenance right or life and death situation so when you're asking me what do you heal the trauma so you're going to have to start with the area that has been affected because there are so many traumas right now there's always a very very strong emotion with the trauma so you definitely want to work with your emotional body but you also want to work with the energetic body because that stuck broken energy creates a block in your energetic body and generally a disease in your physical Mm -hmm. yeah i see what you mean and um uh, maybe one last question about uh, allergies uh seems like some of them are more severe 
and some of them like mild or easy kind of allergies. Is there a reason why some of them are so even like life threatening? Well, because traumas are not created equal. Some traumas are life threatening and some tra some traumas are n not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how to give you examples like there could be a trauma that was created because the girl wasn't good at dancing and she realized that she's never going to be a good dancer. Okay, that's trauma. Or there could have been trauma where the child lost both of her parents. And that's a whole other level of trauma and then had to spend two years on the street. Just imagine the different levels of trauma. Yeah, it's huge. So... <laughs> The girl who is not going to become a ballerina is still traumatized. And in her head and in her life, by the way, it could have been a pivotal event because nothing else happened that was worse than that. But, you know, she's most likely not going to, going to develop an allergy that's taking the whole life away from her. Now, the one thing you have to understand about allergies, right? A lot of them are respiratory. One thing that we already know about is respiratory things is it constricts your breathing, when something constricts your breathing, or when your body constricts your breathing, rather, which is what an allergy is, it is your body, and by the way, we all remember probably, uh, that air is life force, right? One way, like, to, 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 like life entering your body is through air and through breathing as an activity. <laughs> so when your body is scared so much of the external circumstances or the world around it that is not willing to accept life energy within you know that life and death situation you are in a place of you know a pretty um so like that fear is real in, in other words right you'd almost like rather be dead than experience the fullness of this world so like people who are hyperventilating and allergy and like develop asthma you know are the people that are you know experience something traumatic enough that they don't want to let life into their body so it's all just like a matter of the you know the spectrum of your trauma so these people are pretty you know high up on that spectrum got it yeah Great. So thank you so much for sharing all this information uh, with us today. Uh, now I'm going to end our session and I'm very grateful for the information you provided to us today. I'm asking the higher self to resume to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the help and information it has been given Maria today. I know she's really going to appreciate it. Now I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely.